1: You can find more about me Shay at shaydia.com. You can find out more about me Anna at annamarshnutrition.co.uk and each week we will be bringing you inspiring content for a healthier and happier mind, body, heart and soul. Now onto the show. Hi everyone,
0: it's Shay here. If you are looking for a space online where you can find full-length yoga practices to move your body, creative exercises, art journaling, journal prompts, meditations to help you connect back to yourself, and a little bit of understanding about yoga philosophy and how and why it works, plus a whole lot of tutorials, tips, and exercises to help you live a creative, inspired, and healthy life, you can head over to members.shaydia.com.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Kombucha and Color. Shay, how are you doing today? I am doing so well, Anna. I have actually just
0: finalized booking for my first ever Move, Breathe, Create retreat, which is going to be 26th to 27th and 28th of July this year. Um, So yeah, I'm super looking forward to that. So excited for it. There's been such an amazing response from people so far. So I'm looking forward
1: to sharing that weekend with everybody. Because we talked about this a little bit on our previous episode that we recorded together and you were saying that you've been running these creativity workshops in London and you just felt like there was a little bit more that you wanted to be able to give people and hence booking a weekend retreat so you can deliver a little bit more. So what are you most excited about? What are you really looking forward to adding? Or is it a surprise? It's kind of a surprise, but
0: also the workshops and things that I've been doing is a lot about the theory. So the head stuff of why they're connected and the science of how they are connected creativity and yoga and meditation. So what I want to do in the actual weekend away, and I can see it really extending over a whole week because as I put down things on the schedule, I'm like, oh, but I need to do this and I want to do this and I want to do this. And it's kind of, it's overrunning already into the three days that we have. But it's taking that theory stuff and putting it into a more practical sense, you know, so actually like getting pens and papers and, you know, using body parts to create art and to create a mess and to explore. So there's no label of, you don't have to consider yourself an artist or a writer or a creative in order to come, but it's about an exploration through different mediums. So how can we use watercolors? How can we use paints? How can we use charcoals? Like really get messy with mediums that help us explore ourselves as well as getting exploration through our bodies and through our breathing practices and all of those things really are about getting a reconnection back to yourself so that is going to be the whole ethos of the weekend is this exploration and this curiosity of just playing and exploring and tuning back in so yeah i'm super excited about it i see this is like a big part of where where we hope to go in future so yeah starting now
1: yay exciting and so where can people find out more information just in case they're like oh my gosh i need to be there yeah yes um so i've actually put it on my blog so shade you can go and
0: look at it and um, there'll be a move if you search for shade move breathe create you will find it and you can always email me so get me on instagram page. yeah message me on instagram or send me an email and yeah i'd love to have you
1: How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. So last week when we recorded our podcast, after I got back from my yoga retreat, like we were both, you hadn't slept. I was jet lagged and premenstrual and all over the show. And this week I feel like I'm coming back to me you know, just getting back into routine is so nice. Like everyone is like, Oh, don't you miss the yoga? Don't you miss? Da, 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 da. And yeah, it was great. But I'm really just feeling good about re-establishing myself and finding my routine and getting back into work. And yeah, I'm enrolling now for my next round of Grounded Goddess. And I'm really excited for that. And yeah, life is good. Life is back in flow.
0: Oh, back and flow. Something actually about the idea of being in routine, I think, is what will link to what we're talking about today. Um, Because today, Anna and I want to talk about health trends that, you know, these crazy health trends. And I think a large part of all these crazy health trends actually have a lot to do with our routine because it creates opportunity for us to, create a new routine for ourselves and um, like I don't know lately there's been a huge big thing on Instagram social media about celery juice and people are saying you know they have to juice their celery in the morning <laughs> and bashing her head <laughs> as I'm watching her but you know there's this been this big health kick trend of people juicing celery juice in the morning and having it first thing and yes that's, there may be health benefits and Anna maybe can speak a little bit to that um, if there are or if they're not but that also forms part of a new morning routine For people, so it's about then taking that time in the morning to juice their celery and sit down and drink it before anything else, and it it creates a shift in routine. And I think that reassessing your routines can be really super powerful. So there is that piece to the health trends that we're going to talk about today. Do you think that that's true, or do you think that there's
1: you know there's obviously many different facets to. You know how these things work, if they do work, and what are the contributing factors? And yeah, obviously, that's why we're recording the show today, is because there's quite a lot to discuss when we look at these things and how they work. But I remember when I was in Sri Lanka and I was, you know, doing my limited viewing of Instagram. You had your little graphic that you drew up and it was the celery juice, CBD oil graphic. I'm sure people can find it if they look on your Instagram. It was so funny because like, I shared in the previous episode that could hardly even look at Instagram because the Wi-Fi was so bad and the, the fear never refreshed. But that was one of the, <laughs> the, the, few, the few posts I did get to see. And obviously your graphics are incredibly eye-catching, so they're, they're difficult to miss. But there's always something right? There is always something that people are latching onto and that people are starting to experiment and starting to you know, label the next big thing. So I thought it would be, I know you're going to roll your eyes perhaps, I thought it would be really interesting just to look a little bit about the science behind like how these things work or how <laughs> things don't work. And we could also talk a little bit about the whole, maybe almost the placebo effect or the effect outside of the science, as you say, in terms of creating new routines or more mindfulness or more presence in our daily schedules.
0: So I, I thought this episode might be an episode where it really shows the difference between Anna and Shay in terms of the science and the comedy, because before we get into this, I want to explain, I want to tell everybody about the craziest health trend that I ever did. Do it. Do, do the craziest, craziest health trend that I ever did. I don't know if you ever heard of something called the maple syrup cleanse.
1: Oh my gosh. That was <laughs> actually the first thing that came to mind when we decided to do this show. I was like, we need to mention that maple syrup. Was it like Beyonce or... It was someone, say. someone who, was famous. Yeah, who made see, it. There. We get influenced
0: by influences and I certainly was influenced by an influencer. I was living in South Korea, and my friend Christy said, There's this amazing maple syrup cleanse. We've got to try it, we've got to do it. And it's 10 days where you have a concoction, a two liter concoction of maple syrup, lemon juice, cayenne pepper. And that's what you drink for two days. You drink two liters every single day. And I did this thing for eight days. No, there's no other food involved. You're supposed to flush out your system and you're supposed to also drink a whole liter or or a glass or something of salt water to help flush out your system. And I literally could not do that because it was like trying to drink the ocean, which was like horrific. And so we had to find laxative tea. And we were in South Korea where, you know, we go to the pharmacy and we're trying to now explain that we need poo tea to this guy who we think doesn't understand English. And we're trying to explain, no, we need this poo tea. And he's trying to mime this whole thing. And then eventually he's like, oh, you need a laxative. I'm
1: like, yes, no, that's what
0: we need. But yeah, it was a really interesting experience. And halfway through that experience, I realized how much social element food plays in terms of just uh, connecting with people and being around people and socializing. You know, I was starting to turn down um, invites to go to restaurants and dinner and meet up with people because there would be food there, and I was like, "Well, there's no point in me going there because I'm not going to eat the food, and I'm just going to be grumpy and irritable." But I'm not eating the food and yeah it was just a very interesting experience but I think about day seven I was looking at a cardboard box and I thought thought to myself you know this cardboard box really looks delicious like the fibers in the box like really look amazing (laughs) yeah I mean I don't recommend this as a health kick I mean I did it I think I was young and stupid to do it but yeah there's there's I don't think many health benefits to that type of cleanse I guess maybe maybe it is a detoxing thing what do you think Anna? You the you the more functional medicine guru on Yeah, me?
1: so I'm I'm going to answer that question, but first of all, I'll share one of my stories. Yes, I, just, I didn't go quite as extreme as maple syrup and salt water. So you you definitely get. That. <laughs> <laughs> dream sort of health trend I remember when I was in high school I I used to I've always had an interest in health and nutrition since I was young and I would go to the bookshop and look at the health books and I remember once I bought this little like mini book on detox diets and so I decided I was going to do this detox diet and I think it was five or seven days and the first couple of days you can only eat fruit and vegetables Then on day three, you can only eat one type of fruit. And then on day four, or you can only drink the juice of that type of fruit that you ate. Then the next day you go back to the solid fruit, not the juice. And then you go back to the fruits and the vegetables. And then you can add in some brown rice and yogurt and slowly introduce things back in. So that's been my experience of detox diets, and so, or cleanses, as people like to call them. And I think these things help to make people feel good in some ways but not necessarily in the ways that you think. So to go into a little bit of the science, and if we use your maple syrup diet, for example, or my detox diet that I did, for example, one of the things is is they generally tend to give your digestive system a rest. Because if you're just having juices or maple syrup and salt water (laughs) or um, soups or whatever it is, there's very little work for the digestive system to do. And we've talked in the past about the importance of digestive health. So I won't go into all of that now in this episode. But when we give our guts a break, we generally do feel better in our whole body, even though maybe we start to go a little bit hungry after a while. I want to eat cardboard boxes. Yeah. And so (laughs) we get... We get to give our digestive system a rest, which can help sometimes in terms of our total sort of feelings of well-being, although maybe it's not sustainable necessarily in the long term because a lot of these diets also tend to be low in calories because it's difficult just to get enough calories in from whatever you're allowed to eat. So that's why people will usually notice maybe they lose a little bit of weight, even if Possibly that weight is even just water weight as they're reducing inflammation or whatever is going on. Sometimes we can actually feel worse when we do these things. So we can maybe go, oh, I've got a headache. It must be the diet working, or I'm feeling really low in energy. It must be the diet working or whatever might be going on. And sometimes we attribute these feelings of not feeling so good to, I must be detoxing. It must be the toxins leaving my system. But very often we can potentially become more toxic when we do these diets, because what we need first and foremost for detoxification is protein. And a lot of these diets are often low in protein. And so what can then happen is as we're restricting calories and we're releasing stored fat from our body back into circulation, we then also perhaps release toxins that have been stored in the fat cells but the liver isn't equipped to deal with them because it doesn't have the proteins that it needs in order to detoxify. So that's why we don't feel good (laughs) sometimes when we do these things is it's because maybe the body doesn't have what it needs to process. So I usually just say to people when we're looking at cleanses and detoxes specifically, your general diet should just be a diet which supports detoxification. And for the most part, what that really is, is just, yes, lots of fruit and vegetables and your herbs and spices, cane being one of them. And cane is actually well-known to have very powerful anti-inflammatory benefits. So you were doing a good thing there. <laughs> <laughs> it's supposed to also be to keep the metabolism going as well. Yeah. So and um, we need adequate protein. We need adequate fruits and veggies. We need, you know, herbs and spices. and for the most part, for most of us, if we're just generally eating in that way, that's supporting our body really well. There is another aspect of this which we can dive into in a second, but I just wanted to check if if you had any other questions on that.
0: That point about you saying that there's something else that you learn about it. And that was certainly my takeaway from the maple syrup thing is that I realize how little or how few calories you actually do need to survive. And so um, in the short term, in the short term, yes, yes. And so, yes, it's, it's completely not a lifestyle thing and I don't recommend or advocate or endorse it as a lifestyle um, way of, of living and eating. But it was interesting when I, when I was out to go and see people having dinner and I'd see people just consuming and over consuming and thinking, wow, like there, is really, so much uh, less calories that they need just to function. Obviously, you want to be optimal in your functioning, but yeah, it was just a really interesting spin on learning something new about your body in an interesting new way. So yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think we've spoken in the past about the gut reset. And sometimes with you know, the gut reset is a is a big commitment to do the 28 days, and that's you still do get to eat solid food, but it's just limiting things like sugar and dairy and alcohol and gluten. But when you're forced to give things up for a period of time, and perhaps those foods are also meeting like emotional needs or psychosocial needs, like you said, socializing with people and eating out, it forces you to look for other places in your lives or other ways you can fulfill those needs in your life. And just looping back, because last week we talked a little bit about the yoga and the eight limbs of Ashtanga yoga, and you have the yamas and niyamas. And, the ni- and one of the niyamas is tapas, which is for motivation. And we had this man from India who lectured on my yoga teacher training and he kind of taught us all the yoga philosophy. And he was saying for tapas, it can be something even as simple as saying, I'm not going to eat chocolate this week. And then you don't eat chocolate for a week. And then just by achieving that little goal, like saying you're going to do something and then following through with it, that can actually help to build our self-esteem and our self-belief because we set a goal and we achieve the goal. And then we're like, oh, what other goal can I set and then achieve? So sometimes these things can also act in a beneficial way mentally because it's just a little challenge. It's just a little something that we're doing for ourselves to prove to ourselves that we've got that willpower, we've got that motivation, we can set goals, we can achieve our goals and that can help to build our belief.
0: And I think the mental aspect is certainly a huge part in what makes these cleanses feel so beneficial. And maybe we'll talk a little bit to that in the placebo effect as we go on, but maybe if you want to dive into the science of it.
1: Well, first of all, just because you said placebo effect, I was Joe. <laughs> I was kind of thinking, I need to find a way to say Joe Dispenza in every episode of Kumbach and Color. I really hope one day we're going to start getting commission or something like that. We should
0: invite him on the show.
1: <laughs> yes, we really should, because he has a book, which is called You Are the Placebo, which is all about that mental, you know, the mental benefit of actually doing something when we believe that something is going to work work then we create that we manifest that in our life so joda spencer just giving you a little bit of a shout out but actually, there's another thing that I did want to mention, which on my notes says Joe Dispenser next to it, is when we're looking at some of these superfoods, so a lot of the research I did in preparation for this show specifically was because we were talking about CBD oil. Shay and I were having a little WhatsApp chat earlier in the week, and she was asking me, do you want some samples? And I said, oh, well, I don't really think it will work for me if I just have like a sample. It might be something I need to take for a long period of time. And you said that you, you really noticed a difference taking the cbd oil almost immediately so did you actually just want to share what you noticed
0: yeah so i was curious to it and and the reason why i wanted to try it was because people have said that it's really good for anxiety and it's not i don't suffer from like super anxiety but at night i do struggle to sleep because i think my mind's just busy and even with i do have meditation practices and yoga just at night is my awake time so i'm like Busy in my head, and what I noticed with the CBD oils that I when I got into bed at night after having taken it, it didn't put me to sleep. Like, so I've tried valerian root, which was recommended to me as a natural sleeping aid from someone on Instagram, and actually, you also sent me some valerian root, Anna. And that is great. It does work, but it puts you to sleep as opposed to the CBD oil, which I found it doesn't put you to sleep. So it's not like kind of comatose make you like out of it, the thoughts and the busyness in your head subside. So there's almost like a calm that comes over you that when I was lying in bed, not sleeping, I don't feel anxious about not sleeping, which then kind of exacerbates, exasperates <laughs> exacerbates, exacerbates, exacerbates <laughs> the problem. So it's that huge, big feedback. loop. you get, you get into bed, you can't sleep, you feel anxious about not being able to sleep and that feeds the inability to sleep. So just having that little break of, okay, it's kind of slowing everything down. And I feel calm about just lying in bed, relaxing, and then eventually you do fall, fall asleep naturally. Yeah. And then I was asking you about there's actually some property in cannabis oil that there's something in the cells of the body that is similar to that.
1: Yeah, so that's what I'm going to tell you about now because I was like, okay, I'll research it for the show. And just as a note, if anybody is interested, just in if you're a little bit like me and you like to understand a little bit more of the science or the research behind things and you want to look it up in a way that's not completely overwhelmingly scientific, a really great website is selfhacked, selfhacked.com. And I always go there when I'm looking for resources for clients because if I send my clients a research article from a scientific journal they're just going to be like what what is this <laughs> Anna stop <laughs> if I send them a link that comes where, where things are put more into layman's terms with a little bit of science it's a bit more understandable for them so that's a really great resource but just to back up a little bit first of all just to explain a little bit about how the body works so I don't know if you remember but I think it was maybe even in was it like in the 2000s or like It was early 2000s, maybe end of the 1919s, where they were trying to sequence the whole of the human genome in the Human Genome Project. And, you know, there was this big hype about it because they thought, okay, if we can sequence all the genes, then we'll know exactly like why people get ill and then we can we can stop, you know, we can stop disease. But unfortunately for all the people who worked on the human genome project, the body doesn't work like that. And and this was sort of like the biggest sort of letdown after they had finished sequencing this entire genome. And this is just off of the top of my head, but I think the human body has just as many genes as a head of broccoli or something like that. So we don't actually have an extensive amount of genes, but our genes interact with the environment. And this is, the process of epigenetics. And this is one of the most important things when it comes to looking at human health or or human disease. And actually, this is what Joe Dispenza talks about a lot in terms of how can we change our emotional way of being so that the environment of our body in which our genes are bathed in is then one which is like happy and healthy and positive and high energy. And then how does that affect the expression of our genes versus someone who's feeling low or feeling angry or feeling depressed? That's going to be a different environment for our genes. So this is where Joe Dispenza works in in terms of um, the concept of epigenetics is how we actually change our way of being and how that changes our genetic expression but our environment or our genes also interact with the environment of the food that we're giving it the exercise that we're taking the sleep that we're taking how much sunlight we get how much stress we're experienced to and there the cat goes (laughs) I was warning Shay at the beginning of the show that my cat Jacob has been very needy and doing lots of meowing today so I apologize for him in the background So what happens basically is we have a gene, the gene interacts with the environment, and then what happens as a consequence is the gene expresses a protein. And then that protein will go on to do something in the body and ultimately it affects the the rate of chemical reactions in the body. But what we also have, and this is where it gets a little bit complicated, but I'm going to try and make it simple, is we all have what we call single nucleotide polymorphisms, which we abbreviate as SNPs. So what these are, it means that we all have a gene which makes a specific protein, for example. But maybe you, Shay, have a variation of that gene, which is different to the variation of my gene, which might mean the rate at which I can make a certain enzyme is slower for you compared to me. And this is where personalization and health comes in, because when you took that CBD oil, Perhaps for you specifically, your body, because of your SNP, your single nucleotide polymorphism, the interaction between that CBD oil and your unique genetic makeup, it was exactly what your body needed to help to reduce the anxiety that you were experiencing. Whereas because maybe for you specifically, that gene needs a little bit of help to really get it going. But maybe for me, that gene actually works very well. So when I take the CBD oil, it could it, it doesn't make that much of a difference for me because the gene's like, no, I'm good. I don't need your help. <laughs> but for you specifically, it's like, oh, my gosh, yes, thank you. I really needed this. Now we can make more of this thing. So this is the way that foods work in the body. And you can go online and you can get your whole Genome sequenced. You can go to a website like 23andMe and they'll send you little kits and you can take a little saliva swab out of your mouth and they'll they'll tell you all the genes that you have. Then you'll get a whole bunch of data and you'll not know what to do with it, but you can find out all the genes you have and over time maybe look at you know what SNPs you might have and, and whether or not you know there's anything that might be affecting whatever you're experiencing. So th- there are specific labs that now offer specific tests that can test specific parts. So, for you, when you look at like sleep and anxiety and insomnia, that could be relating to your specific neurotransmitter pathways where we have serotonin, which is involved, or we have melatonin, which is our sleep hormone involved. And for whatever reason, you might have genes, which means that that pathway doesn't work so well. So then we can go, okay, right, we know that you have these single nucleotide polymorphisms in your serotonin, melatonin pathway. And we know that the research shows that CBD oil or turmeric or St. John's work or cane pepper or whatever it is, helps these genes. So for you specifically, if you're supplementing with these specific foods, that could maybe support those pathways, they can work a little bit better, and then you can feel better within your health. Now that's a specific example for a specific pathway. But if you think about how many different pathways we have in the body, you know, they are hundreds and thousands. It's really interesting to know the stuff about our health. But we also have to think about when does it actually become relevant? And for you, like you're a yoga teacher, you do exercise regularly, you meditate, you do breath work, you have a generally healthy diet. There's a lot of good, what I would call baseline foundations for health that you practice in your everyday. So then once you've got these basic things that you've got as your support base, but you're still like, I'm doing all these things really well, but I'm still struggling with my sleep. Then it's like, okay, well, maybe there's something else. Maybe it would be interesting to know what those neurotransmitter pathways look like for me and if there's anything I can do to support them. And then that's where I think some of these superfoods can be very beneficial. Like turmeric has been a really big one. Everybody's having turmeric latte. The next thing that's coming in is all the mushroom coffees, like the reishi and the lion's mane and the chaga coffees. Like Those are all nutrients which are just working on specific pathways. And when somebody needs them, they can work really well. But we still do want to have those baseline health foundations in place too. Many of my clients are looking for ways they can optimize their health through the power of food. I often supercharge their lifestyle with green tea to support them with everything from weight loss to hormonal balance to skin conditions to immune function. As a green tea lover myself, I love that Emerald Matcha is ceremonial grade and approved by the UK Organic Food Federation.
0: Anna has always talked about the health benefits of green tea. But I never really found one that I truly liked. After I tried a sample of Emerald Matcha's high-quality green tea, hand-picked from the very best farms in Japan, I thought, this is definitely a green tea I can get excited about. As a small business owner, it feels really great to support other small, family-owned businesses, and especially one with such a high emphasis on customer service. I'm so excited to bring green tea into my daily routines as an antioxidant face mask for my skin, putting it into my smoothies
1: and making matcha vegan ice cream. Kombucha and Colour are delighted to be partnering with Emerald Matcha Green Tea. Place your order and grab all the health benefits by searching for Emerald Matcha, that's Emerald Matcha on amazon.co.uk. You can use the discount code kombucha15 for 15% off.
0: So basically, that all these health trends may only be really working on a select few few number of people based on specifically what they need or what they are looking to supplement in their body,
1: yeah exactly, and we've maybe talked about this before, but I really believe that you know our diet should be personalized I think there's a there's a baseline bunch of stuff that we know generally will give people the biggest bang for their buck like. Getting enough sleep, doing exercise, getting enough plants in their diets, eating adequate protein to keep blood sugar balanced, having a certain amounts of healthy fats. So once someone's got those basics down, then it becomes a little bit more individualized in terms of what will work for someone might not work for someone else. And as an example, I use some supplements with my clients that I order from Holland. And they're really, really great for stress management, for sleep, um, for our ability to have resilience against stress. And I've given them to some clients and they've been like, they call them the magic pills because they're like, this supplement is just amazing. It's just magical and really, really helped me so much. And last year, I ended up sending some supplements to a client of mine and she had an awful, Absolutely awful reaction to them because for her genetic makeup, they were just the completely wrong thing that she needed. And it was a huge learning curve for me because I was like, but everybody loves these pills. Everybody does so well when, I, when we use these supplements, but not for her. Because for her, her body and what was going on in her life and the stuff that she had going on in addition to her genetic makeup, it was just overstimulating her. And that's where you know everybody can be a little bit different.
0: Yeah, and the, the whole thing of, of what works for one person not working for somebody else, and this, again, circles back to this idea of creating that space, creating that ritual to tune into your body. So you've um, spoken and we've spoken in previous episodes about the seed cycling, which is um, to supplement and um, different flax seeds and pumpkin seeds and then tahini and sesame seeds, um, depending on which day of your cycle you're on. And yes, there are benefits to having those foods at that time of the month to supplement your estrogen or progesterone, whatever it's working on. But there's also something to be said about actually Slowing down and tuning into your body and going, actually, I'm on day 10 today. So, this is how my body's feeling today. So, I need to take this supplement. And maybe, yes, this supplement does have the benefit, of course, but it's also that act of being in tune with how my body's feeling today, how I'm checking in with my body. And that's the same as, you know, you're waking up every morning and you make your celery juice or whatever. And it's that, that moment to slow down, tune in. Okay, I'm, I'm drinking this now with the, with the hope or the effect that is going to come. But you you have this pause in your day to tune in, to listen. And it's when you do these health food trends, it's a process of observation because you're doing it to observe a change. So you have to then observe the body and to be in tune of the body in order to see if it's affecting you or not. And we don't ever slow down and observe our bodies unless we have practices like yoga or meditation. And so that's where I think the actual power of these health trends come in is because it forces us to just pay attention to our bodies.
1: Yeah. And I think as well is we also have to look at what aren't we doing because we're now doing the new thing so if for example we we talked about celery juice at the beginning of the show and if you're now making a little bit more time in the morning to get up and juice your celery juice and have it and and experience its benefits whereas before maybe you would get up have a coffee rush to work and just grab something which is maybe a little bit more inflammatory maybe something which has some dairy and maybe something which has some gluten in or something which is more high in sugar or processed carbs you will feel different, just not because of the celery juice, but because you're not doing the thing that you were doing before.
0: Mm-mm. And do you think, because I, I, I've done, I mean, I've not, not gone into the research like Anna has, but the celery juice there, it says that it does have anti-inflammatory properties. So you do, do you think that there is some benefit in celery juice specifically, or if you just woke up and had a glass of water, is it the same thing?
1: I think that there is an anti-inflammatory benefit in almost every plant-based food. Okay, so there you go to diet. <laughs> so, and, and obviously some just from we talked about from the genetic perspective there will be certain foods which work really great for some people and mm. other foods which work really great for other people but we mentioned the detoxes and the cleanses at the beginning of the show and when you do the uh, IFM detox module so IFM the Institute of Functional Medicine you learn all about the foods that support detoxification and if you actually get to the end of the training you learn about all the different foods and all the different pathways that they support but the end message is eat a variety of plant-based foods and make sure you have lots of different colors like that is it in a nutshell Mm. and we've talked I think I think it was in one of the very, very beginning of the show when we maybe did the vegan vegetarian episode and we talked about the hundred plant-based food challenge. So one of the things I sometimes get my clients to do is to. try and eat a hundred different plant-based foods in a week. So if you have any kind of plant-based foods, any herbs and spices that you use, you can't have broccoli on day one and broccoli on day two and count it twice. You just count it as once for the week, but you'd aim to eat a hundred different plant-based foods. But even that being said, Sometimes people have digestive issues, which even make plants a problem for them. So it does, again, even though plants are great, it does come back to this idea of personalization because I've often had clients who've been like, right, it's January, I'm going to eat really healthy, eat lots of veggies. And then they end up really bloated and feeling foggy and uncomfortable because their gut balance isn't ready to receive all that fiber, all the specific fibers in the vegetables. So there's always a loophole, which makes it incredibly confusing for people to know what to do.
0: Yeah, definitely. And uh, uh, there was a question on Instagram that came about raw vegan diets, And I think people who make that change to suddenly going from, say, uh, I don't know what you call it, a a regular diet i don't know a normal diet to suddenly a raw vegan diet they do have the. some people do have the oh i feel amazing i feel so good because it's you now adding all these extra vegetables that you or you have to kind of bulk up your meal with vegetables and plant-based foods that you weren't doing before that then you are then now supporting this detoxification process in the body so yeah it's like is it the whole vegan diet that's doing it or is it now you've just increased your vegetable intake, which you could have done on any other diet? So, yeah, yeah it's, it's a very interesting thing because is it actually working or is it the placebo effect of you doing the ex- extra things supplementary to what you had anyway?
1: Yeah. And, you know, at the end of the day, I think it doesn't matter. Because if you feel good, if you feel better than you did before and you're enjoying what you're eating, it's not presenting, it's not creating stress because now you can't eat here or eat there or go to dinner with this person or that person. If your diet is just a diet that you love to eat, it makes you feel good and it doesn't create any you know, unnecessary or unhelpful anxiety or obsession that's a fantastic place to be because especially in, in the world that I work in, when there's so many women overthinking what they're eating and second guessing what they're eating and worrying about their body and worrying about eating out and having food anxiety to just be able to love what you eat and feel good on it. Like, well done you.
0: And actually just that that piece on loving what you eat and loving your body, like Lulu, who we've had on the show, I think she's one of the earlier episodes on pelvic floor health. Um, she had a, such a beautiful post on Instagram the other day about just she's, you know, post baby and she's had some weight that she's felt that she needed to get off and she's just had this beautiful sharing of how she's loved that weight off her body rather than hated it off her body. And I think that's such as you say, like such a nice place to be where you you actually like just loving the practices that you're doing, you're creating rituals that support and balance that support restoration in the body that create time and space for you to just slow down, tune in. And yeah, that's when you, when you start to feel amazing in in all these health trends and health foods and everything.
1: And I have a personal share on that note as well. And I actually haven't shared this with anyone. So this is really coming from the heart now for me. But when I was on my yoga teacher training, it was very strange for me because I found that I was actually, you asked me what I attached to. And I said, oh, you know, the food, blah, 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 blah. And then I thought about that episode a little bit more after we recorded it. And I actually realized one of the things I think I also started to attach to was my body. And this is very much generalizing, but a lot of the people who were on my training were very much your typical yoga teacher, which is like tall, female, Caucasian, thin and I don't see myself as the the typical and I'm putting this in inverted commas because I know this is a stereotype and you know there are many diverse yoga teachers. Um but I don't see myself as like a typical yoga teacher. Like I eat meat and I weight train and I have more muscle mass. And I found myself feeling like really kind of very like big on the retreat. I'm not the retreat on the training and just feeling like actually uncomfortable in my skin because I was looking around me and I was just feeling like very big and heavy and all of that. And it did start to play on my mind a lot. And there was this part of me that wanted to come back here and be like, I need to track macros again and I need to do this and I need to lose some weight. And, you know, like I got on the scale and I actually weigh heavier than what I've weighed in a really long time. And it was just been so interesting to notice the shift in me because the old Anna would have wanted to go, oh, I need to track macros again. Like I need to do this. I need to do that. and need to like be really on it in terms of my diet. And I was just like, no. like I don't need to be like, I just want to eat in a way that makes me feel good. And I want to move my body in a way that makes me feel good and just really pay attention and listen And it's just, yeah, it's like such a refreshing place to be. Although, you know, I know there's a whole bunch of rules that I could very strictly follow that would get me there faster. There's this really nice part of me that's just like, you know, you can get there without the rules. And even if you don't get there, it doesn't matter because I just don't want to follow such horrible strict rules anymore.
0: And I have very similar feelings and um, and sharings on that because for a long time I'm I'm not a, I'm not a big person like I'm small boned I come from a very small boned family so that um, for my whole life up until the point where I honestly where I found yoga there's always been this attachment to well if I am bigger then I'm not as beautiful or you know I put on weight in my face so that's for me like the first thing that I look in the mirror and I can go. Oh yes, if you look like this, then oh you're not quite so beautiful, you not don't feel so wonderful, not so lovely. And it's also only in recent years and really like deepening my practice to yoga and deepening my connection to myself that I look in the mirror and it doesn't matter on what scale I look, you know, if my face is feeling rounder or less round, I mean, we don't have a scale at home, so I don't know what I weigh, but it's just for me how I feel. And I look at that that face in the mirror now, and no matter what it looks like, and I can honestly say to myself, you're just a beautiful person. And it's a huge shift because I come from a, I went to a high school where eating disorders was really like, it was rife. There was, you know, people being hospitalized for eating disorders and it's very infectious in the mind, that kind of Disease, I guess, that that affects people's mind, and that's why the the mind part is so important for and so critical for our well-being. And you know, this morning when I was going for a run and it was feeling, you know, it's feeling tiring, you have to keep reminding yourself: I'm doing this because I love my body. I'm doing this because. You know, I want to move and, I, and I'm nourishing my body in this way. It's not about punishing your body. It's about giving your body the, the nutrients to really thrive and be optimal. So, yeah, I also have the same experience with or similar experience with, with that idea of just loving yourself for who you are and as you are and, and, and doing practices that support that.
1: Yeah, we've talked in the, on the past in the show about the network spinal analysis that I go to. And I went to a session yesterday and the one show we talked about going to when I went to one of the clear days and I just like cried the whole way through. But since then, like usually when I go, it's just really nice and really lovely. And this has been the first time in ages that I've got emotional in a session and Krishan who's the practitioner is so lovely he spent a little bit of extra time with me and we talked about it afterwards and one of the thoughts that came up when i was feeling all emotional was about this idea of not feeling worthy of taking up space so if you're if you're bigger do you feel like you deserve to occupy that space and it's this kind of like wanting to be you know, like not wanting to be seen, not really want to be the full expression of who you are. So you try and make yourself small. And it was very, it was really interesting that I related it to that whole body image thing to that. It was like, well, I don't, I was afraid of being big because, or bigger than others because I didn't feel like worthy of occupying the space. And, And that's not true. Like I am worthy of my presence and I should own it. Yes, you should. <laughs> we should actually do an episode on body image,
0: I think. We had spoken about doing that, so maybe in a yeah. future episode we can. We've kind of done like half an episode. <laughs> <laughs> we'll segue it as we do, always back to self-love, Whopper. Yeah,
1: there you go. Hashtag self-love, hashtag Joe Dispenza. <laughs>
0: <laughs> One day when Joe comes on the show. Uh, just going back to Joe Dispenser's work, have you ever read any works by Bruce Lipton? You've mentioned him before on yeah, one of the podcast. I love him, Anna. Because um, he talks a lot about the epigenetic stuff, and I read it, well, I listened to the audiobook on it, and it's just very interesting. But a lot of the science stuff kind of. Um, <sighs> you Yeah, know, I don't really like, I don't really dive right into the science stuff. But it's interesting from a, from a, just if you're interested in that kind of thing, and just getting an overall sense of how much the environment of the cells has an impact on what the cells are doing, basically is the sum- summary of that. So, the environment of cells is how you think and how you feel. And so that piece about self-love is so important because that's what your body is literally bathing in. Either you're in self-love or you're in self-loathing. So make active steps to move towards self-love. And if you can't get to self-love, then how can you distance yourself or detach a little bit from that self-loathing just as a start? So, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah sometimes the first step is not to go the, the complete opposite, but just mm. to neutralize. Mm-mm.
0: Well, thank you so much. Any other little pieces that you want to add on anything? We've we've got some CBD oil coming to us, so we're gonna. And I've got them to send some to you. We'll send um, the actual company and products that we're going to be testing. But we'll see. Maybe do a follow up episode of see whether they actually work for you, and we yeah. can share and that then with we, Then we
1: can test your genome because I've already tested mine and compare. our... Oh, okay, <laughs> let's compare our SNPs. <laughs> that might take some time. Um. Yeah. No, there was one more thing I wanted to say really just around what you're saying about the environment of the cells and moving from self loathing to self love is I think this is where, you know, especially a lot of the women I tend to work with often they're doing so many things well for their health they they know how to eat salad and vegetables and they work out and they may be dabbling with some yoga or meditation and and actually have a lot of the foundations but i think because we live in this very stressful world and we've developed patterns and programming in the in our brain to make things even more stressful i think this is where that mental and emotional component gets forgotten about you're like but i'm healthy i'm doing all these things i'm taking all these supplements but your way of being or your state of being if that's not one which is you know relaxed and calm and happy and loving that has a huge impact on you know how we express our health
0: i don't know if you've listened to yoga girls latest podcast with deepak chopra I I stopped following yoga girl, Shay. Oh my gosh, Anna, I don't think we can be friends anymore.
1: (laughs) I I had to tell tell Shay, I was like, I have something to tell you, but it might ruin our friendship. (laughs) I I stopped following yoga girl because she was annoying me.
0: Oh but okay anyway she she did an amazing episode with Deepak Chopra and he starts his day with four intentions which i just think are I listened to that episode twice because i just thought there were such beautiful intentions to start your day which again relates to this um, idea of just bathing yourself in this positive self love so he starts his day with joyful energetic body loving compassionate heart quiet reflective grateful mind and lightness of being
1: oh, those are beautiful
0: yeah. yeah really nice intentions so yeah if if we can all just wake up with that kind of intention then I think would go a long way to getting us back to that place of love
1: I've been doing a little meditation each morning which is similar to Deepak Chopra <laughs> but not really um which I'm every morning I've been meditating on happy, healthy, and abundant. And that's abundant in time, money, energy, and love. So I just chose one word to sum it all up. But yeah, it's a good way to be.
0: Mm, Awesome. Well, thank you so much for chatting, Anna, for clearing up some of the science behind um, our celery juice. And basically personalize your life.
1: <laughs> yeah, basically. I, I just have to put as a disclaimer that I stopped following Yoga Girl. It's probably more to do with me than to do with Yoga <laughs> Girl. So I'm, I'm not putting her down. I was. There was just something that was triggering me. I don't know what it was. It didn't to be too. an oh, opportunity to explore the trigger and just, <laughs> <them>. <laughs> which is okay to do as well. So
0: do yes, totally. Well, thank you guys for listening, and we will see you again next week see you soon bye Bye.
1: thank you for listening to another episode of kombucha and color if you have enjoyed
0: or been inspired by our conversations today please leave a five-star review on stitcher or itunes don't forget to share with friends and family this will help other women find inspiration to live life right We'd love to connect with you on social media. Come find me, Shay, by searching Shea Daya Yoga on Facebook or
1: Instagram. You can find me, Anna, by searching Anna Marsh on Facebook or Instagram. And remember, you can always refer to the links in the show notes. See you next week. Hello, it's Anna here, and I was just wondering, are you living with embarrassing digestive symptoms that you consider to be normal just because you've been tolerating them for so long and you have no idea how you can fix them? Perhaps you suffer from hormonal imbalances or skin problems, low energy, foggy brain, or stubborn belly fat that just won't shift. As a functional medicine practitioner, I always say, health starts in the gut. We are not just what we eat, but we are what our gut bacteria eat. So I created the Beat the Bloat Digestive Reset, a 28-day elimination program to help women get to the bottom of their digestive symptoms while rebalancing their mood, their energy, their weight, and their hormones. For just £37, you can download your Beat the Bloat guide and be part of our Facebook community and receive my support. All you have to do is head over to resetmygut.com forward slash join and you can get started. That's resetmygut.com forward slash join.